Well, I would say for a really long time, wellness was a luxury mm. that I felt like I, I didn't have access to. That's real. Um, I am first generation. Um, my, both my parents are immigrants from a lovely island called Jamaica. And I witnessed them just work hard, work, 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 and still they're still working, yeah? And so, so I was, from a young age, I was really indoctrinated in this idea that, you know, to get to where you need to be, you need to work, right? And so I think that kind of conditioned me too, to just like be in this mode of always achieving, right? You mm. go to school, okay, cool, you graduate middle school, you graduate high school, you go to undergrad, you get that degree. Okay, you go to the next thing, you get that degree. You go to the next thing, you get that one. All the while you're doing this project and this project. It's like Shonda's uh, year of yes, but like yes. life of yes. Right? Life of yes. Ooh. And when but you're saying yes to all of those things, I think sometimes you wind up unconsciously saying no to that wellness piece until different things hit you in the face and then you have to take a break or you have to kind of incorporate wellness and in, in, in your planning and in your navigating. Mm. And as a child of immigrants as well, that resonates with me. I also have been on this work, work, work and mm -hmm. wellness is something that I think children of immigrants have to learn to incorporate into our lives. It's not something that is automatically uh, weaved into our, you know, our well-being in general. So I'm wondering when for you, did it become really important for you to incorporate wellness into your life? Like four months ago. Oh, that's <laughs> honest. Look, four months ago, okay? Um, so you introduced me as Dr. P. Ryan Grant. Um, I graduated in May. Before that, um, I was completing my internship. And right. I was about halfway through at the top of 2021. And, you know, as an intern, you're really conscious about like the critiques you get, you're conscious about the praise you get. And I was really surprised because I got a lot of praise. But the one critique that really stuck with me was my supervisor like put down his paper and was just like, this is something that we actually really need to talk about. We've gone through a quote unquote halfway point of this internship. And it was actually more than the halfway point because the heavier load is on the first half. And he's like, you didn't take one day off. Wow. About that. <laughs> mm. And he was just like, I see you. You are tired. I see you. You are pushing like you can just do this. Why do you do that? Yeah. And that was the, the conversation we had to have. And that's very uh, much a part of professional development as is like your clinical skill and your ability to handle administrative stuff. Are you caring for yourself? Are you saying, okay, I've reached my limit, let me stop. Or are you kind of falling into this system that'll suck every ounce of productivity out of you as long as you're willing to give it? That's a fact. And also shout out to having a supervisor who cares enough about you to point that out because it takes a level of cultural humi humility to understand where that derives from because it's not something that is like a now thing as you said it's this has been weaved into your entire life and also again as child of immigrants all you know is to work hard there is not a lot of space to rest and you are not encouraged to rest and this is an intersectional podcast right so as a yes. black gender loving male clinician 
shout out to me having for the first time a black same gender loving male supervisor so we could have that conversation yes and i think it makes it's very interesting that you know he's not the only supervisor i had during that internship experience right but i think it's very interesting that it it was supervisors like him and then other black women supervisors whether they be same gender loving or not who also had those critiques right they were the ones who stepped Ooh. in and were just like what are you caring for yourself you're doing xyz and shout out to you for that but here's the wellness piece right yeah and it's also i do think that the narrative around wellness particularly for black folks is changing and i've seen for myself specifically during the pandemic that black people were understanding that now there is so many stressors that we deal with outside of just oh, yeah. like work you know like it's not just work it's like work and microaggressions it's work and racial trauma it's work and the pandemic it's all these things and we're just told to show up and that is not sustainable because this system is kind of built upon viewing black people as workhorses right when we were enslaved push through keep working right after we were enslaved i don't care what you got going on keep working here we all with here we are with all this systemic stuff going on we're still expected to work and i'm so grateful to be in this time where we're finally looking at the situation for me like that's work right it's time to heal it's time to heal yes tell us what self-care practices have you now incorporated after it was brought to your attention that you weren't taking care of yourself well i think the things that i usually utilize were the things that kind of helped me not care for myself right so Ooh. we see self-care as these like take time to exercise do some mm -hmm. yoga um read your favorite book let me tell you while I'm working hard, I'm reading my favorite books, right? My Instagram, <laughs> if you look at it, you know, every book that I post, I've read, right? So right. I'm reading throughout the week. I make time to lift and to run. Um, I don't spare expense when it comes to good food, right? And so if you were to look at me objectively, you would think, okay, he's self-caring, but here I am still kind of overextending myself. So yes. I've actually in this past year have moved away from this idea of self-care and kind of adopted the idea of recovery. Ooh. Because while I'm self-caring, there were these areas of my life that I was not recovering. There were these areas that were kind of neglected because of school, because of you know, the hot mess of the life of P. Ryan, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> that I'm now like taking stock of and trying to kind of restore. So one of those things was, you know, getting into therapy, Right. I was this training clinician, but had never really sat down and spent time to unpack my own stuff. And so um, I jumped in that um, in 2020, November, and recently graduated from therapy um, and then followed up by doing kind of a self-compassion group. So kind of like mental recovery, spiritual recovery, um, emotional recovery, physical recovery, right, throughout my training um, there were some physical limitations that came up. So I couldn't exert myself as much through running or lifting um, as I could when I was like 22. And so I had to kind of relearn what fitness is for me. Um, so yeah, just recovery on all fronts, financial recovery. I'm Ooh, not gonna get into um, my business, but 
All right. Look, <laughs> look, no, I love the idea of framing it as recovery because I think that a lot of black people can resonate with that in terms of we all collectively went through a lot last summer and many of us didn't even make space for us to acknowledge that and make sure that it was okay for us to be like you know what i do need to like recover from that really traumatic experience and mm -hmm. that's fine and let me take my time mm -hmm. and i think to your point when we're talking about like reframing our ideas about the importance of work that a lot of us have worked in environments that have been harmful to us and we're told to just suck it up and keep going and that is not our reality now, particularly with our generation. It's like, look, we want to work in places that are nurturing and supportive and validating. We can have that, and we sh and that is our right. And you know, and and to me, you know, I quit a job that I feel like I'm still recovering from because it was traumatic and it was a lot of racism to deal with on a regular basis. And I'm, it makes me happy that you have acknowledged like, look, I have been in recovery for, you know, a few months because it was important to my well-being. Yeah. And talk about quitting that job. Yeah, I, um, throughout my training um, as a student, I had like a side hustle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing being a student in undergrad and being poor. It's a different thing pushing 30 and being in grad school, convincing yourself that this doctor is going to be worth it and being poor. So this side hustle really, it didn't sustain me, but it really kept my head halfway above water, maybe three, <laughs> like a quarter above water, yeah? And for some reason, as I got closer to graduation, I still held on to that job. Mm. And it was like this fear that like kept me tied to this job that was not paying anything. And when I think about recovery, there was a moment that I hit where it was just like, this thing ain't paying me what I'm worth. Right. I've done all this training. I've sown all these seeds into my education and to becoming who I am. I need to recover in that aspect and not just recover by quitting the job, but by committing myself to not engaging in things that are not worth me, that don't deserve me. Wow. Is that clear? Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. Okay. And I think that all of us are in that journey at different stages because I think that that is very difficult to acknowledge and even acknowledging the fact that there have been so many times when we've you know questioned our own worth in a way that other folks don't have to deal with you know and that's hard that's a hard pill to swallow but it also can be very empowering when we decide to take control of our personal and professional lives in that way I love that. I wanted to ask you, how did you, how have you navigated the pandemic? What's been helpful for you? I want to be intentional about saying this. And I also want to preface this by saying, I recognize that there's been a lot of loss in the pandemic. Absolutely. And so I don't want to kind of come off like the pandemic was nothing. It was really impactful and people are still um, reeling from it. Um, however, I think the pandemic helped because I was still kind of in this mode of saying yes to everything, even though we were up inside the house, right? And so one thing that I processed with a lot of my um, pride is that I feel like I worked a lot more in the pandemic um, than I did when we were allowed to be outside. 
But there was kind of a balance in that because although I worked, 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 I wasn't expected to be super social because we couldn't be, right? And mm. so in that space of not having to be social, I found myself resting just as much as I was working. And so I felt like I found mm. somewhat of a balance. I, in this quiet time, so in the pandemic, a lot of people were kind of like rooming with their loved ones or like their family. I had moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I was in like a small, am in a small studio with myself. And so it was like, a really dope time that I'm actually quite grateful for where I could just sit with myself, do mm -hmm. what I needed to do, and also kind of just like process a lot of things that I wasn't processing when I was busy, busy, busy outside. And so like, while I recognize that the pandemic was a really tough time for a lot of people, it was, you know, it was also tough for me because I'm a social girl. <laughs> I, <laughs> I also am really grateful for this year of being able to be by myself. Yes. And there's room for both, right? Because we can we can acknowledge that the pandemic has been traumatic and we still don't know the long-term psychological ramifications of you know the pandemic for any of us. But I think that you know when I think about my own community, I think that we all can agree that we we need to slow down. We need to slow down and we needed to understand that none of us were really living in the way that we wanted to live, mm -hmm. that we were just going and we were busy, 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 filling the time without thinking about like, am I happy? Do I want this for myself? Am I taking care of myself? Am I resting? And that resonates with me because I feel like I've never taken better care of myself before the pandemic. Yeah. And when we think about folks who struggle with, oh, I wanna go back to how things were, but do you? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. True, I barely want to go back to the office, right? It's an <laughs> oppressive system. Okay. Yes, that's, that's a fact. I don't want to go back to the way things were because the way things were was so fueled on, on just like constant productivity without that balance of rest. It was fueled on accomplishment without knowing your motivation or without knowing fully who you are, right? And these were the things I kind of had to sit with in this alone time during this year, right? Like, who are you? Why are you doing this stuff? Who are you without the degree? Who are you without the published articles? Yeah? And so, you know, that was the work I was doing. And so, no, I don't want to go back to the old ways. Yes, and we love this healthier, happier version of Patrick Grant. Mm -hmm, say so. Yes. What do you think you hope to continue as far as like your wellness practices? What do you think has been working well? So a part of the recovery piece, I want to pull that in. Um, one of the things I recovered was kind of just like the way I met, or I worked on recovering, was the way I like navigated interpersonal relationships. Okay. Yeah, cool. And that came um, with the help of therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Some of my patterns. And so when I think about some of the things that I kind of want to continue, right? That's the question? Yeah. At this point? Um, I want to continue just like being a person with boundaries, right? I want to continue being a person who honors myself. Um, I want to, another thing from therapy, I want to be a person who who continues to protect myself, right? And that can be multiple things. I know I'm being kind of vague, but 
these are things that I think add to the wellness. It adds to the happiness. It adds to the joy and the fullness that I experience in this moment. Um, and then it motivates me to continue doing kind of like, you know, the regular things like going out for a run and again, sparing no expense when it comes to good food and, you know, reading, making time for like leisure reading and things like that. Um, yeah, but I think the fundamentals are just really like honoring and protecting myself. I want to continue doing that. It's something I picked up in these calls. Love that. And, you know, again, congratulations on completing your doctoral program. Quite impressive. And I'm wondering, what advice do you have for folks who may be starting their PhD journey and are navigating balancing work and rest? Speaking of black folks? Only black folks. Okay, amen. And I can. <laughs> um, we say this a lot, but I don't think we believe it. And I hope that we begin to believe it. The work will always be there. Mm. Okay. You want to meet deadlines. You want to get things done on time. However, the work will be there. The work will be there after you aren't. I like and that. And the people will find somebody else to replace you <laughs> to get that work done. <laughs> Yes, and that's so true. When you are clear on that, um, I hope I can just encourage folks in programs to um, do your best and be okay with that. Do your best. To be more than the best or to reach this ideal that's like unachievable. But just do your best, girl. Everything will work out. That's it. So aside from being a clinical psychologist what are your other interests what are you taking care of because i know that you have the podcast you're working on some other passion projects where are we at with that so i do a lot of like research work autoethnography um qualitative research around black same gender loving men Mm -hmm. and, um, life navigation so their experiences just like navigating life navigating racism and how it impacts their uh, sexual identity appraisal my dissertation was on um, internalized homonegativity um, among black men um, mm -hmm. and I have a project that's coming up soon that I'll talk more about like later on in life um, still kind of addressing the theme of internalized homonegativity among black men. And really, and my focus, my intention is to really create works that are accessible to like the everyday people. I don't want to say the lay folk, but like, you know, just people who aren't doing this research from day to day. I right. think oftentimes in like the research world, it's a lot of folks who have a lot of knowledge speaking to a lot to folks who have a lot of knowledge. Right. Um, so right now I'm working on just making my work more accessible. Um, I do have a podcast, Rosé and Thorns, which is not really focused on mental health, but you can get a blessing from it. Amen. Um, season one was on um, really pandemic focus. So it was on the ups and downs of life and relationship kind of centered around this uh, quarantine experience. Um, season two, which will be coming up coming up i don't want to say soon <laughs> soon soon um, i will give you a sneak peek the theme is let's talk about sex so we'll be focused on sex and pleasure um and i'm super excited for the guests to come yeah I just be doing a lot of stuff I'm just out here just out here now mm -hmm. if the folks at home want to follow your journey want to read some of your published works mm -hmm. where can they find you on the socials thank you for holding me accountable so on <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at I am P Ryan. 
that's who I am. So that's I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. Um, as far as getting access to the published works, that is coming. I like to do things and I like to do them well. So yes. um, a website is coming soon to unveil Dr. P. Ryan Grant. We'll have all of those um, his work accessible to you. Uh, love it. And we appreciate you taking time to come on the podcast and talk about your wellness journey. Mm -hmm. We wish you the best of luck with all the soon to come published articles because we know you're going to be out here educating the folks. Okay. Yeah. And it's not those fake soon to come, like, you know, when people out and about be saying, it's coming, it's coming, but it's never coming. The girls are coming. The girls are coming. <laughs> this is not She by Sheree, okay? Yes. We know <laughs> that you are intentional, and we love that. And check out the podcast, y'all. It's fabulous, amazing, informative. On you can find your ex-boyfriend. Hmm? Uh, you can find the podcast everywhere you can find your ex-boyfriend. Streaming <laughs> <laughs> I cannot... But anyway, thank y'all for tuning in. Tune in, you know, in two weeks, we got another special guest, but we're going to keep this going. Y'all have a good night.